Hello, office mates. Welcome back to another episode of the Wildcat Offense, brought to you by Offsie Sport. That's O F F C I E S P O R T. Before we begin, I want to thank you all again for the listens, the support. It means so much to me in keeping this project alive and keeping up with all other potential projects for the future. Once again, you can find Offsea Sport on all podcast platforms, YouTube and Instagram at Offsea Sport. That's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. Share the channel with your friends, your family, your colleagues, or anyone that's willing to jump into the Office Sports Talk conversation. All right, let's get into it. The Cats won the game. Oh my goodness. They won the game 37-34 to in overtime against the highly favored Minnesota Golden Gophers. I, f- I remember correctly last week, I talked about how the Cats were a double-digit underdog. But I thought that it was going to be a very scrappy game and that the Cats would eventually fall to the Gophers 17-13. This game was anything but. I love it. I love it. To be honest with you, I love it when this team can prove me wrong. And instead of falling down to 1-3, and three, they improved to 2-2, two and two, being 500 at this point in the season. It's also crazy to think that with four games played, this team is already a third of the way of the college season. But yes, again, big win by the Cats, 37-34. That's going to look very good on their resume should they become bowl eligible at the end of the season and let's go into it so like i said northwestern improves to two and two and improves to one and one in big 10 conference play while minnesota falls to two and two and one and one in conference play if we look at the score by quarter minnesota scored seven points in the first 17 in the second third third quarter they scored seven no points in the fourth and only three points in overtime, totaling to 34. Northwestern had zero points in the first, seven points in the second, three points in the third, 21 unanswered points in the fourth, and then the six-point dagger at the overtime period to claim that 37-34 win. 20,148 fans showed up to Ryan Field for that primetime home game for the year. And let's look at this breakdown. First score was Minnesota at the 452 mark. um, Ethan Kaliak Manis, 9-yard pass to Lemke Brockington. Time of possession, 4 seconds. That doesn't sound right. Anyway, uh, at the 855 mark in the second, Darius Taylor has a 1-yard run, capping off a 9-play, 68 yards, 5-minute, 22-second time of possession, Minnesota goes up 14-0. Kalik Manis finds another tutty, this time to Daniel Jackson, capping off a 6-play 72-yard, 3-minute, 21-second time of possession drive. Then Minnesota goes up 21-0. 2.06 left in the half. Ben Bryant to Bryce Kurtz, 80 yards, 2 plays, 75 yards, 44-second time of possession. Minnesota's lead is cut down from 21 nothing to 21-7. So from 21 to 14. Dragon Kaish hits a 50-yard field goal at the 104 mark in the half. 
having the Gophers go up 24-7. 729 mark in the third. Jack Olsen hits a 37-yard field goal, capping off an 11-play, 63-yard drive. And the lead is now 24-10, or should I say the score is now 24-10 in favor of Minnesota. Two minutes, 11 seconds left in the third. Darius Taylor with another big run. Big night for him. Capping off a four-play, 52-yard drive. Cats fall, or should I say cats? Gophers go up 31-10. Cam Porter has a one-yard touchdown run, capping off an 11-play, 75-yard drive. Cats cut it down 31-17. 9.46 in the fourth. Bryce Kurtz catches a 17-yard pass from Ben Bryant, capping off a three-play, 69-yard drive. Now it's a one-possession game, 31-24 in favor of Minnesota. With two seconds left in the game, A.J. Henning, our guy, catches an 11-yard pass from Ben Bryant, capping off a 12-play, 80-yard drive, 31 up after the extra point from Jack Olson. Going into overtime, Cats stand tall. Minnesota settles for a field goal from Keish, 20 yards. And then it was Northwestern's turn. First play. Ben Bryant rolls to his right, sees a Mangieri all alone on his left, cross the field, catches, walks in for the score, game over. Minnesota falls, Northwestern rises, 37-34, big win for our Cats. My goodness, was that game anything but a, anything but a snoozer. Big breakdowns here. The one thing that really stands out to me is that Northwestern got 25 first downs to Minnesota's 15. Minnesota did have the upper hand rushing to 44 to 92. NU had the edge passing 400 to 153. And of course, this results in NU having the edge overall in offensive yards 492 to 397. What uh, also stuck out is that now there's a little bit of parity with the time of possession. Still in favor of the other team, Minnesota had 30 minutes 9 seconds, while the Cats had 29 minutes 50 seconds. Another big stat here, third down conversions. Minnesota looked to struggle going 3 for 13, while the Cats went 8 for 17, little under 50%. Minnesota does have the lone fourth down conversion. Both teams 100% in the red zone. So, of course, whenever both teams got down within the 20 of their opponents, cashed in. A lot of offense there. And now let's move on to our individual offensive stats. Looking at our Cats first. Ben Bryant going 33 for 49. 396 yards. Four touchdowns. No interceptions. And got sacked twice. Jack Lausch got a pass in, or Lausch, I should say. One for one, 40 yards. Rushing, Cam Porter is our leader here with attempts of 16 with a net 56 yards, one touchdown, averaging three and a half yards a carry. A.J. Henning, 23 yards on three touches. Jack Lausch, seven yards on three touches. Ben Bryant, four yards on six rushes. And Joseph Hyman with one attempt and two yards. 
receiving. This is where it gets really big. Bryce Kurtz, the man of the night. 10 catches, 215 yards, 2 touchdowns. Others scoring are A.J. Henning with a 5-yard reception, 29-yard day. And Charlie Mangieri, the game winner, 3 receptions, 28 on the night. Looking at Minnesota, Ethan Kaliakmanis, 14 for 19. So pretty efficient day for him. 153 yards, two touchdowns, did not get sacked once. So though it was a great job by our offensive line for keeping Ben Bryant upright for the most part, defensive line did not seem to get to Kaliakmanis. Rushing was the big day for uh, Minnesota. Darius Taylor, 31 touches, 198 yards with two touchdowns. Kalik Manis had a running record with four touches, 34 yards. And Bryce Williams, five touches, 16 yards. Receiving. Leader is Daniel Jackson, four catches, 53 yards with one touchdown. Corey Crooms, two receptions, 42 yards. Lemke Brockington with the other touchdown, two catches, 18 yards. Standouts on defense, Danny Strigow for Minnesota, six solo tackles, four assists, two TFLs, one sack. Jack Henderson, six solo tackles, one assist, seven total, one TFL, one sack. Maverick Baranowski, what a name there. Look at that. One solo, three assists, four tackles, one and a half TFLs. Baugh, Kyler Baugh with two total, one TFL, one forced fumble, and one fumble recovery. Now we look at Northwestern. Coco Azema was the tackles leader. Six solo, four assists, followed by our fearless leader, Bryce Gallagher, four solo, three assists. Xander Mueller had himself a night with four tackles solo, three assist tackles, with one TFL. Others recording TFLs, Richie Haggerty with one. Garnett Hollis Jr. with one. Mac Uyline with half a TFL, and Reginald Pearson with half a TFL. No sacks on the defensive end, like I said earlier, but still very good highlights on the defensive end for the Cats. What a game. What a game. I mean, there's just so much going on. I really thought for a while the Cats were going to be dead in the water just because they fell down three scores very early. And like I said before, Minnesota on paper is um, much more talented than Northwestern. And looking at last year's results too, Northwestern only put up three points against them. But now we look at it from a huge improvement standpoint with this team putting up 37. Sure, the defense gave up 34, but hey, whether you win by three or you win by 30, you know, that is not a bad deal to take. I will say Bryce Kurtz, that was, that was the game of his life right there. Um, like I said, he had he had 10 receptions, 215 yards, two touchdowns. As I was watching the game, it felt like he was the offense. Like him and Bryant were pretty much like the 
the guys that were running the show for the Cats. Of course, Cam Porter had that one touchdown, but it felt like this was all about the air attack, and it paid off. I don't know how Minnesota could not make an adjustment for Kurtz, but then again, I can also wonder why didn't Minnesota, knowing that they were ahead for a majority of the game, manage the clock in their favor. But then again, I'm not complaining. You know, the Cats took advantage of the lack of adjustment there. And of course, if you give any team, it doesn't matter if they are the most talented team or maybe the worst team on earth. Not, And I don't think Northwestern is the worst team on earth. I mean, the team that you're going to try and let back in is going to get back in, right? I mean... You don't ever want to give your opponent a cookie if you're ahead. I mean, I'm sure if the roles were reversed, if Northwestern was the one that was up 21 nothing after a quarter and a half or whatever it was, you wouldn't want to let Minnesota back in ever, right? Like, but, you know, it is what it is. Northwestern's got another win, and they improved to 2-2. Two and two. If we're going to talk about that, too, I mean, I think that this team is exceeding expectations i wouldn't be surprised that if i went out and asked others that watch college football whether it's in my personal life or my uh, professional life what they think about northwestern football after four games they're probably going to tell me wes i think this team's going to go four and oh and i would have believed them i wouldn't think they would have gone four and oh me personally if you we look at my predictions minus the Rutgers game so um, if we look at that, I would have predicted one and two plus the Rutgers loss one and three. But th- no, here 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 are the Cats at two and two, and with that home win, it seems like there is momentum, or some sort of momentum, for Coach Braun and company. So I hope that you know the guys can take this into this week. And practice with a sense of urgency, a sense of pride, and a sense of grit. Because they are going to need it tonight. Or, I'm sorry, not tonight. Saturday night against the Penn State Nittany Lions. Penn State had a really, really good win against in-state rival Illinois. And that defense made it hard for that Illinois offense to get anything done. But, man, this is going to be... Probably the tallest task of the season. This could be the Cats' version of a national title game. Last week, Penn State beat Iowa 31 to nothing. That is a team that the Cats are going to see later this year at Wrigley Field. And I could imagine that that's going to be a defensive struggle for that game. But in terms of this week, I mean, we're talking about defensive struggle. Like, the Hawkeyes did not score, and they gave up 31 points. Thus, boosting the Nittany Lions to 4-0, 2-0 in the Big Ten. So we're looking at a noon kickoff, or 11 a.m. kickoff Central Time, for this Saturday at Ryan Field. So that's going to be a big game. I would imagine both fan bases are going to come out really strong because, again, The Nittany Lions are nationally ranked. They're undefeated. Specifically, they're sitting at number seven. 
And of course, the Wildcats are running off that high from the overtime win against Minnesota. And hopefully, the Cats can get that first punch early. Before I get into predictions, I did want to note that their quarterback, Penn State's quarterback, Drew Aller, went 25 for 37, 166, and four touchdowns. So another great offense there too that we're going to see. And hopefully Ben Bryant, Lausch, and company can keep up. Their rushing game went 215 yards on 57 touches, and the defense forced six fumbles against Iowa. So this team needs to protect the ball very, very well and not let Penn State get on the roll early. If anything, the Wildcats need to play scrappy and get them off balance right from the beginning or make them uncomfortable most, if not all, of the game and try to get the Nittany Lions to play at the Wildcats level. Not that that level's low, that level's actually quite high, but Penn State is just that much higher. And, man, you know how great that would be to get an upset win over a top 10 team, or maybe a team that can potentially be a CFP team. That would be very huge for the program and Coach Braun, just because, you know, the guy is 2-2 two two in his career as a head coach, and what better way to further improve his resume and get a, another notable win right this week against a well-established coach in James Franklin and a well-established program in Penn State. Now let's get into a little bit of the ugly. Penn State is a 26 and a half favorite at Northwestern. So, in other words, we're a 26 and a half point underdog. That looks a little scary. That looks a little steep. I'm not going to lie to you, but I'm feeling lucky. I'm feeling lucky. I'm feeling good. I'm riding this high as well as a fan, as an alumni. I'm going to say that Northwestern will win this game 34 to 31. I think it'll be like those Rock'em Sock'em robots, Rocky movie style fights where we're just going to be trading punches with them. They're going to be punching us back. When they knock us down, they think we they got us out, but we're going to get right back up and punch right back. And we might knock them down and they're going to get up. And it's just going to be a matter of who's going to get knocked down next and whoever gets knocked down, can they get up? In this case, I hope it's the Cats sending that final haymaker to the jaw of the Nittany Lions, and the Nittany Lion does not get up. There it is, 34-31 Northwestern. Now y'all can't get mad at me for picking against the Cats. I really think that this team's going to shock the world, shock the conference, and be en route to be bowl eligible this year. There, I said it. There we go. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. The support... The listens, the downloads, the likes, the reviews, that means so much to the channel. Again, you can leave your likes, rates, reviews, wherever you find your podcasts, YouTube, at Sport. That's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. The more engagement that I can get from you, fellow office mates, it helps the show get higher up in the algorithm of all your podcast networks on YouTube to get the show 
more exposure, have it more seen, have more plays, have more listens. And again, follow the revamped Instagram page at O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. Find sound clips, art of previous episodes. This past summer, there was the Greatness Project where I broke down superstar athletes ranging from Shohei Otani to a whole soccer team, the Philippines women's soccer team, on what makes them so special in today's sporting era, what makes them great, and what's going to continue to have them being great in a short form, very quick episode. Thank you so much. We'll be back again next week to cover the Cats, hopefully victory over the Penn State Nittany Lions, and preview their upcoming game against HBCU Howard Bison. All right. See you next week. Thank you so much again, and go Cats!